7 o'clock. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Jim and Kate today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Apache Friday, which for the uninitiated, for you, the first timer, as we celebrate the weekend, a busy sports weekend, NFL divisional round this weekend, Colorado Mesa basketball with the South Dakota schools, Black Hill State, South Dakota Mines coming to town. It's a busy, busy weekend. We have a lot to get to. Let's come up ahead, but also last night, the Avs fall in Boston. Bad first period, bad third period. Kind of uh, wrote the story last night for the Avalanche losing at Boston 5-2. to two. Kind of a poo sandwich, if you will. <laughs> of, Absolutely. Of Bad first period, great second period. They outshot them like 18-8 to eight or something like that, or I don't know if it was even that close, but, but the Avalanche couldn't get it done, gave up a couple goals late, or, and or gave up a couple goals in the third period last night. David Pasternak had a hat trick for Boston last night. Because of course he did. Of course he did. So Avalanche fall 5-2. to two. Good night for the Buffs. Hey now. Got, got everybody back now with Tristan Da Silva and his return. And um, last night, had a sensational performance from Cody Williams, the freshman. 23 points for him. KJ Simpson had 22. Buffs take down Oregon last night. Oregon was undefeated in Pac 12 play. Colorado, because of the injuries they've underachieved with Williams out, Da Silva out. Those guys are back. And can the Buffs now make a big push in the Pac-12 as they uh, move to 4-3 and three in conference play? So we'll, uh, God, I hope so. Yeah, we'll, we'll dig into more of that coming up in, in just a couple minutes with uh, what's happening. Brought to you by ComWest. So it is NFL Divisional Weekend. Dun, dun, dun. So we asked this yesterday and... We'll ask again today. We want your picks, too. And it starts tomorrow at 2 o'clock with Baltimore hosting Houston right here on the team. We asked yesterday to kind of rank the remaining quarterbacks and where they're at right now. But but I, I the one that we kind of, kind of morphed into was which quarterback has the most to prove? And Josh Allen's name was brought up yesterday. It's not a bad, not a bad name, Jared Goff. Because even though Goff has led the Lions to a playoff win and, and their first, first time in thirty years, yeah, first division title in a very, very long time, could very well lead them to the NFC Championship game. And the first time since they won the title in nineteen fifty-seven with two playoff wins in the same playoff run, that there's still almost this feeling about Jared Goff at times that. Because when they traded, made the trade and sent Stafford to L.A. Mm-hmm. and got Goff in return, it was like, yeah, Goff will be a bridge guy and we'll, we'll probably draft somebody else. And, and and he's been, for the most part, really good. Yeah. But a there's, resurgence. Yeah, there's, but there's still almost this feeling about, well, can't they do better than Jared Goff? Because that's how the Rams felt. <laughs> we can do better. That's why they got Stafford. And you think about it, that he's one of the two quarterbacks in the divisional round that's actually played in a Super Bowl. Right. The other would be, of course, Patrick Mahomes, who's won a couple. 
But nobody else has played in the Super Bowl that's in this round. I'm going to throw out a name, and I know you're going to disagree with me. Okay, we'll see. This is because I haven't even told you who I think it is. What I said yesterday. Well, so the the because the question is who do, who amongst quarterbacks has the most to prove this weekend? It's Patrick Mahomes for me. Really, he has never in his career played in a road playoff game that was not a Super Bowl. If he can't win on the road in the playoffs this weekend, what does that tell you about his sort of, not that, you know, Arrowhead's an easy place to play, but it's Very much easier. If, friendly, though. I was going to say, it's much easier if you're wearing the red, you know? So I, I, I wonder if, and, and again, as far as teams go, this is the worst Kansas City Chiefs team that Patrick Mahomes is just dragging to the playoffs. Mm, can, can, I, can I throw a timeout here? Sure. Their defense is one of the best defense in the league. He has not had that. All right. One it's of the worst. Skill, I'll, I'll say one of, the wor- one of the more underperforming group of skill players around him. 100%. Because defensively, this is the best defense he's ever had. And that's good. But when it comes to the guys around him, you know, he's, he can, if he takes Kadarius Tony back to the Super Bowl after what he did to this team that darn near pretty much, I mean, Kadarius Tony, if he is not offsides on that play, this game's not in Buffalo this weekend. This game is in Kansas right. City, where Patrick Mahomes has, again, never lost in the playoffs. Has never He's never even, like, been outside of Kansas City in the playoffs, absent the, the two Super Bowls. And, and, and for those, like, like Butchie, that still want to relitigate... He, he was offsides. He was offsides. He was, come on, he was, it wasn't, if it was close, I'm like, okay. It wasn't close. It was a yard offsides. It so was not close. Just because he's a wide receiver, it, it doesn't matter if he's a wide receiver, he's an offensive now, tackle, whatever. He I, was offside. I will. That's, that's the reality of it. I will counter that where the refs probably screwed up is they should have just blown the play dead before the snap. I, I don't disagree with that. You I know. don't. But, but I think Patrick Mahomes has to prove, number one, he has to prove that he can win outside of Kansas City in the postseason. And number two, he has to prove that he is the best quarterback in this NFL still. Bar none, that it's still him. That even though the players around him drop passes and line up offsides and, you know, he has to sort of do everything, that that's, you know... And then outside of Travis Kelsey, right? Outside of him, does he have reliable weapons that he can throw to that can consistently make plays for him? And the answer is not this year. The Rice has really started to come on for them. Rice has definitely helped. He's he's come on in a big way. But he is still just a rookie. So, you know, you got to sort of temper some expectations of him. And it's not like he's rookie Randy Randy Moss, where the expectations were astronomical for him. You know, 
I'm not, I'm not going to poop all over that. I'm not going to say it's, it's a terrible one or anything like that. No, I, I don't necessarily, I don't agree, but it doesn't mean I think it's, it's I like your take. I do. Because to me, Mahomes, at least in my opinion, has the least to prove. He's won two Super Bowls. He's got the three. I and, and it's a year where we're obviously looking at you know not as not as a talented group of guys around him, and he still got them to the AFC West title again. They're in the playoffs again. They're playing divisional football. They they beat a very good Dolphins team at home last weekend in the in the bitter cold at Arrowhead. I go with Lamar Jackson. That's a good one. One time MVP. One and three in the playoffs. Didn't play in the playoffs last year because he was hurt. That and right now the front runner to be the MVP. If Lamar Jackson and he's and he's one of what seven guys to win the Heisman and win the MVP, along with notable guys like Marcus Allen, Barry Sanders, and others. Only those guys. And just yeah. And so, and one of only two quarterbacks to do that, too. By the way, the other being Staubach, right? Uh, no, it was not Staubach. It was, oh, no, it was uh, Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton. Yeah, I was like, thank you. It's like, it wasn't Staubach. Because I, I, I vaguely remember hearing this conversation yeah. yesterday. So it was Cam Newton. He's the only other quarterback that's ever done it. Heisman winner and league MVP. They're the number one seed. They have, once again, a phenomenal defense. They're playing at home. They're, they're the number one seed. They're, they're, they win... This weekend, they'll be at home again in the AFC Championship game. Everything sets up for him to maybe win a Super Bowl and put a, put a, I guess, to, you know, silence the critics who feel like he just, just doesn't get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, the game against the Titans where he threw for like 359, but he put it up like 49 times because they were, they were trailing. Otherwise, his his other efforts have been pretty bad, to be quite honest, in the playoffs. I think there there are still those critic those critics of Lamar Jackson who feel like he he wasn't worthy of the MVP at the time that he wanted. Mm-hmm. And if he loses in the playoffs, well, see, see if he plays badly coming up tomorrow, then people are like, see, here we go. This is this is why he's not that good. You know what? Why this is why it was a fraud the last time he won the MVP. The the thing that kind of worries me for Ravens fans and our good friend the Pope, who's on his cruise, by the way. Ooh, I believe he is still on his cruise. So what worries me is we saw what happened last week when you have a team that is you know not number one seed but was in contention for the number one seed had a potential MVP candidate quarterback with a expectation of going further in the playoffs than they have in past years. And what happened? They went number two, Esta and Los Pantalones, down both legs, and and now they're the subject. And I'm, of course, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. A team that, again, you have expectations going into the regular season. They win a lot of regular season games. You got Dak Prescott. 
He didn't turn the ball over as much this year. He was in that conversation for MVP. And then what did he do against the Packers? Nada. But also, Zilch. but also, what do their defense do? Nada. <laughs> Zilch. Packers just ran the ball down their throats. Yeah. I. So and and so now you have and you had Jordan Love, right? This is his yeah. first full year as and, a starter. And Love played well in that game. Played really well in that game. Played excellent in that game. Here you have the Houston Texans. A team that is playing with house money. They've got a rookie quarterback who is leaps and bounds your rookie of the year this year. Offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, he is he is your rookie of the year. They've got a first year head coach that his player that the players absolutely love. And they're gonna run through a brick wall for him. And they got a quarterback that they're like, we trust this guy. He's a young rookie. But he is not playing like it. Yeah, C.J. Stroud's been great. He's been phenomenal. And again, like I said, they're they're, they're playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. No, that's true. I mean, and, and maybe that is, that's the team that has the least pressure on them. Because nobody thought they would be a, a playoff team. Nobody thought that would happen. No. Nobody thought they'd be, th- well, I don't say nobody. A lot of people thought they would, and myself among them, thought they would lose to the Browns. They went out and just absolutely curb stomped the, the Browns last weekend and Super Wild Card weekend. I, I just, you know, but just but looking at quarterbacks with the, the pressure on them, I think I think it's Lamar Jackson. Team with the most pressure on it. It's the Ravens. It's the Ravens? Okay. I don't I don't entirely disagree with that. Because it's it's the hey, you know, it's the Mike Tomlin thing, right? Hey, Mike Tomlin, congratulations. You you won a Super Bowl in 2011 and in 2008. Niners got some pressure on them, too, though. They've got... Uh, with, yeah. Well, you know, with getting to the NFC Championship game last year, of course, Purdy was hurt, and they were playing Josh Johnson and Christian McCaffrey and <laughs> get the Eagles. That there's... There's a certain amount of finishing the job for the Niners. It feels like some pressure on them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's more pressure on the top two seeds than than you would think. For the Ravens, it's you've got Lamar playing his best football. He's he's got to be better than 60% though tomorrow. And and if they if they can win tomorrow, because that's that's been the problem for Lamar Jackson, is in the playoffs, he's completed less than 60% of his passes in all three of his postseason losses. They've averaged just a touch over 10 points per game in those games. So offensively, and it looks like Mark Andrews could play tomorrow. That's a big key, the tight end for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Big go-to guy for Lamar Jackson. That could be a big difference tomorrow. Starts at 2 o'clock here on the team of the divisional round. So quarterback with the most pressure on them, maybe team with the most pressure on it. Your picks for divisional weekend once again, all starts tomorrow, 2 o'clock right here on the team with Colorado Mesa basketball tomorrow over on 1100 KNZZ when the Mavericks take on South Dakota Mines. So we have a lot to get to on the program this morning. Uh, the Wildcat Hall of Fame is coming up February 2nd when uh, Fruit of Monument takes on uh, Central in basketball. And back in 1982, Dallas Meyer coached the Fruit of Girls to the state championship. They won back-to-back state titles with Dallas Meyer. And uh, the 82 team will be going into the Hall of Fame on February 2nd. We'll talk with Dallas Meyer at 9 o'clock and uh, later this hour. Speaking of Fruit Monument, they get Grand Junction tonight. 
on the hardwood and Tigers coach Dutch Johnson will join us to preview that matchup and also talk about uh, uh, next week's uh, games as well. That's coming up in uh, just a little bit. All right, 716, Jim along with Cake today. Love to hear from you on the team line today. You can text or call us, 970-242-1340. It's time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest. They're your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. They can help install surveillance cameras, put in a new business phone system, along with cybersecurity, backup, and disaster recovery, also PC and server support. They're your technology service partner. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142. Go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, uh, wish I could say cue the music, maestro, but sadly you cannot because the avalanche falling last night in Boston, a bad start and a bad finish, led to a 5-2 loss for the avalanche of Boston Thursday night. The Bruins' David Pasternak recorded a hat trick as Boston scored two early goals and led 3-1 to one at the end of the first period. Colorado picked up goals from Nathan McKinnon and Miles Wood as Boston scored two third-period goals to put the game away. Colorado coach Jared Bednar says they just weren't getting to enough pucks. We didn't get going to race, to, to win any races, to check the puck back. We're kind of checking with our eyes and not with our legs. And they capitalized. I mean, we get beat back to the net. We get beat to the puck. So down 3 nothing, you dig yourselves a hole. All right, Jared Bednar from last night's game. And so for the Avalanche, uh, Avs defenseman Kale McCarr picked up a secondary assist to get to 299 points in his career. If he could have picked up one more point, he would have tied Boston Hall of Fame defenseman Bobby Orr for the fewest games to reach 300 points for a defenseman. Some good news for Colorado with defenseman Bowen Byram and also winger Atari Lekkonen on the ice for morning skate. Those two are coming off injuries. They could possibly play against Philadelphia tomorrow. Cody Williams and K.J. Simpson helped to lead the Colorado Buffalo's men's basketball team to an 86-70 home win Thursday night over Pac-12 leading Oregon. The freshman Williams scored 23 points with Simpson adding 22 points. The Buffs held the Ducks to 41% from the floor in the second half. Former Debeck state champion Brennan Rigsby scored eight points for the Ducks as CU improves to 13-5 and five overall and 4-3 and three in conference. And tonight it's a top-five matchup for the Colorado women. The third-ranked Buffaloes take on fifth-ranked UCLA over at uh, the CU Event Center. Tip-off for that one, 6 o'clock tonight. The NFL Divisional round begins tomorrow as the upstart Houston Texans head to Baltimore to face the AFC's top seed in the Ravens. Texans coach D'Amico Ryan says that MVP frontrunner Lamar Jackson Leads a dynamic offense. Lamar is playing exceptional football, right? MVP caliber football. He's doing a really good job of you know, not only running the ball or creating off-schedule plays, but getting the ball to his playmakers. Uh, Zay Flowers truly pops off the tape with his explosiveness, his dynamic playmaking ability. The Team Sports Network's coverage of Houston, Baltimore starts at 2 o'clock tomorrow, followed by Green Bay at NFC Top Seed, San Francisco. The Palisade wrestling team picked up a win under their new head coach. The Bulldogs defeated Delta 72-12 and then split with Montrose 42-42 Thursday night at Palisade. The Daily Sentinel reports that Bulldogs assistant coach Caleb Brown has taken over as head coach after Bill Troutwine stepped down with a month left to go in the season. Troutwine was in his second season coaching the team. No reason was given for Troutwine's resignation. The Colorado Mesa men's basketball team welcomes in the welcomes in the South Dakota schools this weekend. Starting with Black Hills State tonight, the Yellow Jackets are 13th in points per game in the RMAC, but are having to replace five of their top six scorers from last year, most notably Joel Scott, former RMAC player of the year, is now at Colorado State. Mavs head coach Mike DeGeorge says the Yellow Jackets are rebuilding after a large exodus of players from last season. 
not only Joel Scott, but two other players that transferred out to Division One, another one to top team in Division Two. So they really had to rebuild around uh, Ragsdale and try to put together freshmen that they can build with long term and some transfers to kind of help them immediately. The Maverick men lead the RMAC. They're undefeated on the season. Also, the Cutter Mesa women look to gain separation in the RMAC with Black Hill State coming to town. Mavericks are 12 and 4 overall, 6 and 3 in the RMAC. Yellow Jackets are 8 and 4 over, overall, but they're right behind CMU in the RMAC schedule at 5 and 3. Mavs head coach Taylor Wagner says the Yellow Jackets defense has been their main source of success. Well, every game we play comes down to the last couple minutes. You mentioned their defense. I, I feel like they're probably one of the best, if not the best, in our league, and they're just so scrappy. Make you earn everything, and they fly at you. So we're going to have to take care of the basketball and be strong, and we've got to be tough. Catch tonight's games on the team. CMU Sports Network presented by Ken Richards State Farm. Women's pregame at 515. The men tip it at 730 tomorrow. Action against South Dakota Mines on 1100 KNZZ 92.7 FM. Women's pregame at 515. The men tip it at 730. Quick note about the Maverick women against South Dakota Mines tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Maverick women have never lost to South Dakota Mines. They're 9-0. I'm knocking on the wood desk over here just so we're clear. I'm saying it now. Of course, it'll come up tomorrow when I'm doing the game too, which I'm hoping not to jinx Taylor and and the Mavericks. You better not. But the... But here's the deal. I'll be doing PA Saturday, so... That is the reality, though. They have not lost to South Dakota Mines since uh, the Hard Rockers joined the conference. See if they can keep that let's, going. Let, let's please keep that streak going. All right, 721, and that's a look at... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help or a new business phone system, call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to comwestcorp.com. Com. We'll take a break. We'll come back. It's Friday. We want your picks on the divisional round. Quarterback with the most pressure. Team with the most pressure on it. Your picks as well for the weekend. And send those to us today on the team line. 970-242-1340. They're a lot of fun. Oh. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. They what? On Colorado's sports leader, the team. All right, thanks for joining us. Jim Davis Show, Jim and Kate today, 725. Also, I, this is not sports related, but oh, most of us drive. The, the story about um, speeding in Mesa County. Oh, I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen this story? You're, well, new, you're I, your afternoon news guy. Yeah, well. I'm a little surprised you haven't seen this story. Let, let, me, let me take a look. Uh, is it was it from yesterday? I'm trying to remember which day. I'm trying. I'm actually trying to find it. Ah, here we go. It was from Wednesday. Oh, gotta go back. State all Patrol. The way. State Patrol has a list out of counties that have the most speeders. Mesa County. Oh, hey, we cracked the top five. Congratulations, you've done it again. Woohoo. Colorado State Patrol says Mesa County ranks fourth for speeding citations in 2023. Third consecutive year, Mesa County was in the top five. I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I know Buckeye's talking about going down Patterson and people doing like 60, 65 miles an hour down Patterson. And I've, this, really I've, I've seen that too. And yeah, I, well, those things like, 
I'm not I'm not shocked at all. Nope. And I try to not contribute to that number. I try. I've been a good boy for a while. So far. <laughs> so far. Can't say that I, I've never, ever um, been pulled over for speeding. That would be a bold-faced lie. But, I was uh, say, you... but it's been a while. It's been a while. That's the good thing. It's been a while. But uh, if, you're, if you're driving around town uh, here in the valley, you're like, yeah, not a shock at all. Slow down. Just, just slow down. Why are you in such a big hurry? You know, I just I thought that was fascinating. That it's not not so much that that it, this year we're in the top five for speeding, but the number of three years in a row now. Look at that! Like we have, we that's have not a record we want to keep achieving. By that, the way, that is not a trophy you really want to put on your mantle. To be the, one of the counties with the most speeders, and I, I just I just always wonder. I mean, I know sometimes I get in a hurry. I get that. But there are times just like somebody will be just kind of cruising along at a, at, at, you know, at that set the speed limit. And then all of a sudden, it's like they're being chased by somebody and they just get on it. And there are times it's like, man, I've seen, I've seen people drive like 80 in places like 35. What do you think? You're in the NBA or NHL? Right. In your, in your Lambo? What do, what do you think you're doing there? Come on now. Come on. Come on, Mesa County. We can do better. We can do better, can't we? Well, three. we have three years of data that says probably not. <laughs> no. So, you know, And Garfield and Delton Montrose are going, we mind our P- P's and Q's. Yeah, come on. We drive at a sane speed. What's wrong with you guys in Mesa County? What's going on, Mesa County? All right, 729. Avalanche uh, falling in Boston last night. Of course, they had the, the wild one over at Ball Arena about a week and a half ago where the Avalanche were uh, able to come back and, and win it. But uh, last night, that was not the case. Avalanche uh, fell behind early. It was, a, it was a bad first period, bad third period last night for the Avalanche. They end up losing 5-2 to two as David, David Pasternak recorded the hat trick. Um, the eventual game-winning goal, though, didn't come without some controversy oh. last night. So that was, uh, that was uh, also part of... Uh, what happened last night that um, Jake uh, DeBrusque put the Bruins up 3-1 to late in the first period, deflected a shot past uh, Georgie, and then the Avalanche challenged for offsides, but the goal stood uh, because Trent Frederick was already across the blue line when he one-touched the puck behind him into the offensive zone. Players allowed to cross the blue line ahead of the puck as long as it has possession, as he has possession of it when that occurs. Fisher's rule the play counted as a possession, which meant he was on sides. So that ended up being the difference. After the Avalanche, you know, of course, had the, the 4-3 to three shootout win at Ball Arena. Avalanche, I was right, 18-8. Uh, Avs outshot, because I mentioned this earlier. I'm like, a, it was like 18-8, something like that. You hit like it that. right on the, on the head there. Why do you know? It's Friday, and some of the, you know, the brain is somewhat functioning. Blind squirrel, Blind all nuts, that good stuff. Broken clocks right twice a day. Avalanche outshot the Bruins 18-8 in the second period last night. But uh, McKinnon with a goal. Uh, Miles Wood with a goal last night for Colorado. They take the loss 5-2 to two at Boston. And after the game, Jared Bednar talking about, uh, at times, just the avalanche just not getting to pucks last night. Second period was great. Yeah, I mean, that's 
a little bit more like we played them at home. Mm-hmm. First period, you know, it was obvious. They had lots of jump. They won every, every race to every loose puck. Um, and then they held on to it for possession, made good possession decisions. And like, we just didn't, we didn't get going to race, to, to win any races, to check the puck back. We're kind of checking with our eyes and not with our legs. Um, and they capitalized. I mean, we get beat back to the net, we get beat to the puck. So down three, nothing, you dig yourselves a hole. Um, I love the response in the second period. You know, we, we scratch and claw back into the game. Um, third period wasn't as good as the second, unfortunately. I was hoping that we'd be able to keep it going and make a, um, a, a better game of it, you know. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't our night. Give them credit. They played well start to finish. And, um, you know, you, you can't you can't take a period off against the top, especially against the top teams. You're just not going to win. No, just can't do it. And, and Boston leads the NHL right now with 63 points. Then it's Winnipeg who leads the Central right now, one point ahead of the Avalanche. They have 62, and the Avalanche have 61 right now. And uh, defenseman Kale McCarr got a secondary assist last night. He's now at 299 points. He could have got one more last night. He's got in one Boston. More in Boston. To get Bobby Orr's record. He would, he would have tied him. He would have tied, tied, him. Would have tied it for the fastest defenseman, the fewest games to get to 300 points for a defenseman. Gets gets another one though. It, it could have could have passed him last night, but <sighs> so close, so close. But it didn't happen. Got to two ninety nine last night, and uh, so the Avalanche, uh, like I said earlier, in uh, what's happening, some good news with uh, Bowen Byram and uh, also uh, Arturi Lekkinen on the ice for the morning skate. Sounds like maybe possibly, hopefully, they will be on the ice when the Avs skate in Philadelphia tomorrow. See what happens there. But uh, starting to get a little bit healthier. But uh, the Avs fall at the Bruins last night by the score of 5-2. to two. All right, Jim, along with uh, Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. So it's NFL Divisional uh, football tomorrow, 2 o'clock, with pregame for Houston at Baltimore. Team with the most pressure on it. Quarterback with the most pressure. Your predictions as well. We'd love to hear those today on the team line. Anything else that's on your mind as well? You can uh, text or call us, 970-242-1340. Grand Junction Tigers boys coach Dutch Johnson coming up in a moment. Time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Comedian Mo Mitch is a, is a Dallas Cowboys Who? fan. <laughs> it, he's a local guy. Okay. So... Not not like a well-known comedian. Mo Mitch? Mo Mitch. He's a Dallas Cowboys fan, and he appeared on the Burt Show on Atlanta's Q99.7. He uh, penned an open letter to his beloved Cowboys, expressing his disappointment. Dear Cowboys, I do not hope this letter finds you well. I hope it stings, actually. <laughs> About as much as it's stung to watch you fall short in the playoffs once again. <laughs> the ups and downs are a natural part of sports. But the way... It shall continue to end up being losers at the end of the season. Every season should be studied. If only the goal were to lose, you'd be gloats. The gloats. <laughs> there I was, an eight-year-old kid, excited, full of life, and stupid. <laughs> My dad walked in wearing a blue and white jersey and turned on the television, said, son, come watch the Cowboys game with me. 
And that was the moment I should have walked away from my dad and never spoke to him again. <laughs> I didn't. We bonded and have shared that bond for over 30 years now. It pains me to know that although my dad claims he loves me, he wanted this for my life. <laughs> it has been 30 years since the five-time champion Dallas Cowboys have tasted true victory. 30 years. Do y'all know what people have been able to accomplish in 30 years? Let's see. The internet. <laughs> and the Dallas Cowboys can't find a win a damn football game when it matters. Although you have saved me a lot of money by never forcing me to attend a Super Bowl, it still hurts me. When I think about the fact that I have attended at least one game every year for over 10 years. Every season with the Dallas Cowboys feels like a repeating Lincoln Park song because they tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> this decision is not a reflection of any particular event or disappointment, just the natural evolution of my interest. I am done. Yeah. Until week one of next year. <laughs> So there you Bravo, go. Mo Mitch. I've never heard of you, but that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> so there you Our go. Father's wearing a blue jersey. Said, son, sit down and watch the Cowboys. I should have walked away. That's what I should have walked away. Oh. So there you go. And, it, and you know what? That's probably yeah. an accurate reflection of a lot of Cowboys fans. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can't blame my, my father for my Broncos fandom because my. My my dad didn't really like sports. It's my my mom was the one who loved sports. That was same with me. My my brother my brother Bob, huge huge my my late brother huge huge sports fan. And he's the one that probably guided that. And my mom my dad was like, sports we we got work to go do. What do you right. we have time to sit around and watch football? We don't have time to do that. But uh, you know there are probably times I felt like I I should have told my I should have walked away from my brother. <laughs> Fifty five ten. Oof. But then 32 and 33 came along, 50 came along, and and it's, thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank yep. you, brother. Of course. Thank you for, for, for helping, at one point, make me feel like, Mo Mitch, what was I doing, and why didn't I just walk away from my brother? And he said, let's watch the Broncos today. That was pretty good. I think a lot of us could relate to. Oh, yes. To that. All right, 737. Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach Dutch Johnson joins us. Tigers play their uh, Southwestern League opener tonight at Fruit Monument. And uh, we'll talk with Dutch coming up next. Can text or call us today. Predictions on Divisional Weekend. Also, quarterback with the most pressure, team with the most pressure. Any thoughts that you have about the Avalanche falling last night in Boston? You can text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. We'll take a break and return with more on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Grand Junction Tiger Sports on the Jim Davis Show. And Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach Dutch Johnson brought to you by the Rook Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Dutch Johnson joins us on the team line. Dutch, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jim. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on in short notice, my friend. Not a problem. Just call you off the bench, man. You ready to go? Throw off the warm-ups. You're ready to go. You're always ready to go. Um, always ready. Always yeah. ready. 
Uh, you still know a little something about coaching, it looks like. 10-3 and three record. You know, the, you've knocked some of the, the head coaching rust off and you got the Tigers playing some really good basketball right now. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I can't take credit for it, right? I haven't made a single basket or got a rebound or guarded anybody all year. Um, these guys have done a good job. They've, they've responded. They've practiced. They work hard every day and uh, continue to work and learn. And, and it's, you know, um, we're still, I think, uh, not playing our best basketball, but we are definitely playing better than we were, you know, at the Warrior Classic. So uh, it's a good group of kids. They're working hard, and, and hopefully we continue to get better. Where do you feel like you've seen the biggest growth from your basketball team, from particularly from the, the Winter Classic? I mean, name it. Um, you know, that, that opening weekend, we were still trying to figure a lot of stuff out, uh, personnel-wise, offensively, defensively, transition. I mean, just across the board. So just to see the, the growth and maturity of this group. And, um, you know, I will say, you know, we've had, we've had a hard time scoring. It's, it's not a mystery when you look at our scores and, um, we've really had to, to work hard on the defensive end and that and both ends continue to get better. Dutch Johnson, coach of the Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball team off to a 10 and three start. Uh, they take on Frodo Monument tonight to open up Southwestern league play, but you know, you, you look at uh, as of late, though. I mean, sixty-five points the win against Eagle Valley. Um, you're able to, uh, you know, score seventy against Grand Valley. Uh, you had the, the fifty-four point effort against a, a Palisade team that they gave Fruit of Monument really everything they could handle the other night. Seventy points against Battle Mountain. From a scoring standpoint, Dutch, it, it does look like that. Um, you know, things are starting to 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 trend the the right way, and certainly Will Applegate, the way he's played, letting score eleven point eight points per game. Your top rebounder as well, but but Declan Lake has started to to also uh, add to the to the the numbers and the and the scoring output uh, for your Tiger basketball team. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the way our team's built. Uh, we don't have a twenty point a game type of guy, um, you know. But Will's obviously been consistent for us, and you know Declan was a good piece for us and was playing really well, and then uh, kind of got dinged up and missed a couple games, and it's it's good to get him back in the lineup. But, um, you know, we, like I said, we have made some improvements. You know, we kind of had to switch what we were doing offensively over the over our break over Christmas because what we were doing before just uh, – I, I, we really weren't putting ourselves in good positions to score. So just a few changes here and there, and I, I think, you know, obviously as the season goes on, the team gets better, and we're, I guess, trying to figure, figure, a, little thing, uh, figure a few things out offensively. Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach Dutch Johnson with us. Uh, the uh, Tigers off to a 10-3 and start, open up league play at Fruit of Monument this evening. And uh, not the first time you've played Fruit of Monument uh, this season. You faced them out at Palisades Winter Classic back in December, a game that, that you lost 61-44, to where uh, the aforementioned Dec- Declan Lake had a really good game, 15 points for you in that one. But uh, Will Applegate, only four points in that game. And, and you know if you're going to have success uh, against the Wildcats, who have yet to lose this season, uh, Dutch. Uh, Will's got to get re- more involved offensively tonight out at Fruta. Yeah, and obviously he's a big piece of what we do. I, you know, look, watching film that game, he did get in some foul trouble and his minutes were limited. Um, you know, even the other night at Eagle Valley, they did a great job guarding him and really sandwiched him all game and made it tough on him. And, and I'm sure they have a plan, you know, tonight, obviously. You know, DT is a very athletic kid and, and uh, you know, able to match up on him. Um, so, you know, like I said before, it's really 
kind of committee for us. We just got to get the best shot for us. Um, not necessarily just Will or Declan, but we got to get the best shot for us offensively. Uh, and in order to do that, you actually have to take care of the ball. And, you know, unfortunately, the first time we played for the, it was a really good defensive team. We didn't take care of the ball and they got out and ran. And, and, you know, I think they scored 22, 23 points in transition strictly off our turnovers. So that's got to be, that's got to be important tonight for us to take care of the ball in the offensive end. Tigers coach Dutch Johnson with us on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned uh, DT Daniel Thomason, who had 12 points in that uh, in that fruit win the last time against your basketball team, Dutch. That well, Daniel played well. It was Jet Wells with 14. Austin Reed had 14. Max Orchard had 10. It was those other guys from Michael Wells that that really did the damage against uh, your Tiger team the last time you you met you met each other. Yeah, and I think that's their team. They've you know, you look at their starting lineup, they got five kids that, that are all capable of scoring. And I think that's why they've had the success they've had up to this point. Um, it's not, it's not one or two guys. You hear a lot about Jet Wells and, and Daniel Thomason, but those, those other pieces are really good as well. They're all capable of scoring. Uh, they're all good on the defensive end. You know, one thing that really caught us off guard the first time we played them was their, you know, their overall team speed. Those guys are really fast and they get out and run, they can hurt you. And, like I said, they've got, they always have five guys on the court that are capable of scoring. That's Johnson, Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach with us. Uh, the uh, Tigers, both the boys and girls out at Fruita Monument tonight. Girls tip it at 5.30. The boys at 7 o'clock. You got Durango tomorrow. And then it's out to Central Tuesday, which will be part of our full court coverage right here on the Team Sports Network when you, when you take on the Warriors. And they're coming off that opening Southwestern League victory against Montrose and a, and a huge win for John Sedanich and his Warriors. Uh, Cam Redding's been uh, absolutely fantastic for him as of late. He's uh, averaging 10 points per game. Uh, they also have the very talented freshman as well, Brian Rook's son, uh, Blake Rooks, who's, who's missed some time due to injury, but uh, at one point he was their leading scorer this season. Uh, Ryland Ostrand has played really well after missing all of last year due to injury. And so uh, you face a, a really talented team uh, against Central coming up on Tuesday night at their place. Uh, we do. And, you know, we're kind of in the middle of a stretch right here. I, I think it's like six games in 11 days or something like that. So, you know, we, we prepared for Eagle Valley the other night. We've been really focused in trying to prepare for Fruita tonight. I have not watched one second of film on Durango. I haven't watched one second of film on Central. Um you know, and then we turn around and play a really good Glenwood team here on Thursday. So we've got a lot of games coming up with little time to prepare. And like I said, I haven't watched any Durango film. I haven't watched any Central film. Um, so thanks for that little scouting report right there. Now I know what to look for when, when we play next Tuesday. There you go. I mean, I'm, am I getting an <laughs> invite to sit on the bench uh, coming up on Tuesday night? All the, all the help we could get. <laughs> you, you got shawls. You don't, you don't need me. Trust me. I'm the last guy you need. And speaking of name dropping, Coach Smalls, that dude is awesome, man. He's uh, he's been a savior for me this year. He does a lot of lot of stuff, a lot of work behind the scenes, right? There's with this little time to prepare when you have great staff and great assistant coach like like Coach Smalls, he's been a savior for me. Well, and, and no doubt, like so this is also a stretch too of a big rivalry games, and certainly tonight with with Fruto Monument, Tuesday with uh, with Central Dutch. That's uh, th- those are they're league games, but they're also bragging rights games, and so it, it's. I would imagine pretty easy to get your guys up uh, for tonight and also for uh, for Tuesday as well. Yeah, it's you know that's cool games for those kids. I mean, obviously, 
usually great crowds and great atmospheres. And these kids have known each other and, you know, played with each other or against each other in multiple sports for years. So, you know, it's always a, always a cool opportunity for the kids and, uh, you know, to play in those big games and games of that magnitude. And, um, you know, it could suck for coaches at times, uh, kids can't hear a word you say, whether they're on the quarter or in a timeout. So, Hopefully, have them prepared, and and again, I know they're excited for this stretch of games coming up. You're now 13 games into to coming back to coaching. Uh, what is what's been the difference, I guess, for you? What maybe a surprise for you, Dutch, in being back on the bench after for many many years uh, working over at uh, Colorado Mesa and Mike DeGeorge's staff? What's been the biggest? Has there been a surprise for you in, in this return coaching is uh, <laughs> coaching in Grand Junction? I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say surprises. Um, you know, I guess me personally, I, I, I think my, my approach and perspective has been a little bit different. Um, you know, kids are kids, kids are the same. Um, you know, and this is a, a great group of kids. Um, you know, like you said, just been a while since I've had to lead a, a group of high school kids and this group coming in has made it real easy to transition. Um, they've been a lot of fun to be around, a lot of fun to work with. They work their butts off every day, and and uh, so not not any really big surprises, but uh, you know it's been pretty refreshing and and been fun to be back. All right, Dutch, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, Grand Junction, both the boys and the girls out at Fruita Monument tonight. Girls tip it at five thirty, boys at seven o'clock, and then on Tuesday we'll have full court coverage on the team with uh, Grand Junction at Central, Montrose at Fruita Monument. And our coverage on Tuesday will start at 5 o'clock. Uh, we'll have action, both of the girls and the boys, coming up on Tuesday with full court coverage. Dutch, appreciate it. Good luck tonight. All right, Jim. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dutch Johnson, coach of the Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball team, like I said, off to a 10-3 and start. All right, we've got some uh, action on the uh, team line today. And I always appreciate Dylan, RJ, you guys are always in on the text line. On top I, of it contributing appreciate that even butchie i'll give butchie is a good contributor he's a good p1 guy i mean we may give butchie a lot of grief and we do and sometimes he deserves it but i appreciate butchie always participating as well he hasn't today but he did yesterday likewise for waylon and ruben and eric horizon high school grad as well though eric that text yesterday wow oof a little, a little rough Jeez, dude. I know you're you're a CSU guy, but geez, wow, a little hard on the buffs. Anyway, uh, from Dylan today, Ravens, 49ers, Lions, Bills all win this weekend. Lamar and Allen have the most to prove. Patrick Mahomes needs to stop whining for a penalty after every single play, getting worse than Brady about it. Hopefully, Avs turn it around tomorrow against the Flyers. Also, uh, RJ and Delta listening at 102.1 FM, where you can also hear, of course, the division around the playoffs in Delta yes. and Montrose, 102.1 FM. Jim, I think Brock Purdy is a lot to prove. He left the game against Philly with an injury, leaving fans saying a lot of what-ifs. Time to step up and bring San Francisco to a Super Bowl appearance. Because that was a big part of the problem for San Francisco in that game against the Eagles. Purdy gets hurt. Right. And so they have to, they have to turn to Josh Johnson. They you know, A little bit of Wildcat stuff with Christian McCaffrey and... And the Eagles were playing well. That was a really good football team, but that did not help. No. And now, can San Francisco, particularly now that their their nemesis, the Eagles, are done? 
Can they get by a, a Green Bay team that's got the youngest roster in the NFL? You'd like to think San Francisco, with all the weapons that Brock Purdy has, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, the list goes on. McCaffrey. On. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Don't want to leave him out of that conversation. And as good as their defense is with uh, with Chase Young and company, that, and that's been a great acquisition. Fred by, Warner. Yeah, by, by San Francisco, that um, this team is built to get to the Super Bowl, to get to Las Vegas. Niners? Lions, that'll be an interesting NFC championship game. It would be. A couple of uh, great historic franchises uh, for the Lions trying to get to their first ever Super Bowl. And for the 49ers to to try to get back there and get the job done, which they couldn't get done against Kansas City the last time they went to the Super Bowl. All right, 7.55, and uh, love to hear from you today. Text or call us on the team line 970-242-1340 your predictions on this divisional weekend of um, who do you think will be playing in the championship games team with the most pressure quarterback with the most pressure this weekend maybe an x-factor player for uh for some of the teams uh, playing tomorrow and sunday it's always the person you least expect you know no yeah, absolutely so uh text or call us today on the team line 970-242-1340 We'll take a break. We'll go around the NFL coming up next hour right here on the Jim Davis Show.